Fierce Athlete Podcast. We are female athletes being raw and real about the joys and struggles of life, both on and off the field. We share how faith can both heal our wounds and reveal true beauty. Play fierce. Pray fierce. Live fierce. Welcome back to the Fierce Athlete Podcast. I am so excited for our guest today. She is a a dear friend of mine. Uh, Her name is Jennifer Finnegan, which is so fun to say because Jen just got (laughs) married two months ago, so I had to check myself on that. Uh, Formerly Jen Risper, now Jen Finnegan. Um, And Jen is a former uh, basketball player. She played basketball at Vanderbilt University and then went on to play professional, which brought her to Europe. So really excited to hear about her experience and what she has to offer us. Welcome to the podcast, Jen. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for inviting me. I'm definitely really excited to, yeah, catch up and, and uh, yeah, talk a little bit about kind of my my faith and sports journey. So thank you for having me. Of course. Well, let's let's start there. Um, will you just give us a little bit of your, your sports journey, your background, where you're from, how you ended up at Vanderbilt, and then, yeah, how did you end up in Europe? And what was that like? Yeah. Um, well, I originally am from California, and I have two older brothers. And, um, you know, they said that I was spoiled growing up because I was the youngest, I was the only girl, and I just told them, no, I'm actually just really loved. And so I, um, yeah, I always played sports with them, um, mainly basketball. Uh, one of my brothers is like six, eight. And so I'd always play with him and his friends. And I kind of had this mentality that if I could do it against a guy, I could probably do it against a girl. So <laughs> I always played with the boys growing up and, um, and really just developed a love for basketball. You know, I remember just when I was younger, it was something I felt like I could give myself to in a way, you know, give my heart. And I think my mentality, even throughout my career has just been, you know, I want to leave it all on the floor. Um, and then that way I won't have anything to regret because I know I've, I've given myself, you know? And so, um, yeah, just played all through middle school, through high school, uh, played varsity in high school. And I had an amazing coach who is just a beautiful woman of God and such an example to me. I had two coaches, actually two female coaches who were just great witnesses to the Christian faith. Um, And I, you know, I was baptized and, um, and had my first communion. Um, But after around eight years old, I was raised non-denominational Christian. And so both my coaches went to a local non-denominational Christian church and, um, and so that really influenced our team. It influenced their coaching style. And so I definitely, um, yeah, I received a lot from their faith. And so, uh, yeah, I, you know, I didn't really think, actually, in high school, I just wanted to keep playing basketball. And if college was an avenue to do that, I was excited to go to college and play basketball. And then through high school, my coach, I just saw college as an opportunity to um, yeah, to, to get an education, um, to play at a high level, um, to try to live in a different place, a different culture, uh, other than California. 
And so, uh, yeah, I was getting recruited by a lot of schools, but I had tore my ACL actually Mm. going into my senior, my last summer before my senior year. And so when I think about like going to Vanderbilt, um, to me, it was something that God really paved the way for me because when colleges, college coaches could call, I just told them, Hey, I tore my ACL and I just wanted you to know that. And all of them said, well, best of luck, Jen, you know, um, and, and just kind of backed away. Mm. And I remember telling my, uh, one of my coaches at Vanderbilt, same thing, you know, they called uh, just to check in. And I said, hey, hey, I just want you to know I tore my ACL. And I'll never forget what my coach told me. Um, she said, Jen, you know, we know what kind of person you are and we know what kind of player you are. And we know you're going to come back stronger than you ever were. We would love for you to still come to Vanderbilt. Wow. Like, will you, will you consider coming here? And I just remember thinking God made it so easy for me. He just knocked everyone out of the way and said, I want you here. And, um, and so that's actually how I ended up going to Vanderbilt. I saw their loyalty. I saw that they saw me as a, play, as a person first. And then my athletic abilities and I knew that I was supposed to go there. So, um, yeah, went to, went to Nashville, Tennessee. Um, hated country music before I went there. <laughs> fell in love with it. <laughs> fell in love with it when I got there. Sure. Um, and uh, I'd say one thing um, about going to Vanderbilt was um, was my, my college roommate and teammate. She had... We, our, our stories are really intertwined um, because when I went to college um, as a freshman, not knowing anybody, you're not really sure who you're going to encounter or how or necessarily what your team is going to stand for um, and how they're going to live out, um, whether they have a faith or um, any kind of virtue. Just the college campus is just can be a really rough place. Yeah. And luck, luckily, I had an amazing roommate, um, Christina, who who ended up being my teammate for four years in college. And then I actually went overseas with her uh, and we played professionally overseas after our career and, um, or our, our time at Vanderbilt. So um, yeah, we, we, we did an, um, wow. We did a lot of things at Na- in Nashville uh, in terms of just our playing days. Um, we went to the tournament every year. Uh, which wow. was such a blessing, and we made it to the Sweet 16 um, twice, and we won the SEC tournament championship twice. Um, and uh, even my senior year, I got an award that I could only <laughs> say that I received because of my team. But um, <laughs> they they named me National Defensive Player of the Year. Wow! And um, which was an, a great accomplishment for our team. Because I was I was feisty. I was you know five eight, and uh, I had to guard some small guards, and then um, had to guard uh, some pretty big post players, six footers, um, because I was pretty tough um, in the post position. But really, my team gave me the confidence to be very aggressive mm. and um, very confident to yeah defensively and so I had great coaches they taught me different aspects of defense and skills and and yeah so it was a great a great win for our team I guess um 
And I always had this dream to play professional basketball and uh, didn't really know if it was going to come true or not. And then God is so good. He, he helped my dream come true. And my senior year, I got drafted um, to play in Chicago for the Chicago Sky. And this teammate of mine, Christina, she got drafted to play in the Indiana Fever for the Indiana Fever. So we actually, our first game in the summer, we played against each other, which wow. is so funny. We have pictures and we still laugh at about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, she, um, she actually ended up going on to play the rest of that summer uh, for the WNBA and made it to the conference finals where they lost uh, maybe to the Phoenix Mercury or something. And um, I ended up playing maybe a couple games for about a month and then um, got cut, didn't end up making the team for the rest of the summer, um, but kept working on my game and knew that, you know, I really wanted to play overseas. And so her and I got an agent, a sports agent, and he had a lot of different connections. And we said, hey, we'd love to play together. I'm a guard. She's a post. Between us, we can play all over the floor. Sure. And so... He, uh, yeah, he found a team for us in Slovakia. <laughs> cool. Um, we were like, where's that? <laughs> we had no idea um, what this place was. You know, um, you, you go over there and you realize you don't know a lot um, mm-hmm. about other countries and their political system, their re- religious views, um, just their culture. And so we... We did a little bit of research before going, and the next thing I know, I'm in, I'm in Europe playing a sport that I I love, and um, playing with, you know, my best friend, and getting to see the world and meet new people. Hmm. So, wow, it's so cool just to see. I mean, sport is such a universal language, you know. Like you were able to travel the country and play a sport, right? And then internationally, mm-hmm. it's the same sport. You know, and and I'm <laughs> yeah. sure you're playing with players that don't speak your language, but um, you know, there's a language to <laughs> basketball, and uh, how cool is that experience? Definitely. You know, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, now, I just noticed kind of a, a consistent theme throughout your story. Um, it just seems like you had people in your life, whether it be your high school coach or your Vanderbilt coaches, specifically when you know you told them that. Um, you had torn your ACL and I had a, I had a very similar experience after I tore mine. Um, Mm. you know, I called the UConn coach and he, the first thing he asked me was, well, who's your doctor? I want to, I want you to come use our doctors so we can follow your rehab. Like it just, it was totally God. I was pretty much committed to Villanova and totally kind of shifted my trajectory. And I see that God's hand in that. But so between your high school coach, you know, your, your Vanderbilt coach, you know, and then, um, your friend, Christina, um, who I also know, and it's just amazing. I agree. <laughs> She's a phenomenal, phenomenal woman. Um, yeah, can you just speak into that a little bit? Because I know so many, so many girls out there don't have great experiences with coaches, or maybe don't know what to look for in a coach. Um, but you, you said something very distinct. You said they kind of valued the person first over the player, and I think that a lot of athletes, and I know I've felt this way, um, feel like they're loved or only because of their performance or they're reduced to their performance, which is kind of what you experienced almost when these coaches called and you're like, Oh, I turned my ACL and they're just like, okay, well, good luck. You know, it's like you kind of were just tossed aside. Um, Can you maybe just, yeah, speak into that a little bit and um, 
yeah, what, what is to be valued uh, or maybe what you appreciated most or learned most from your experiences with these different individuals? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think that because I've, I've played the game so long, um, it was easy to find my identity and my abilities. Um, so it was very helpful to have people in my life who could kind of help me see that that's not who I was. It's something mm. that I did. And so, um, but even in college, I mean, I definitely experienced, um, yeah, seeing seeing my performance as something that maybe was defining me, you know, um, so it was a battle. Even though I knew the truth, you still have to um, battle it, right? Sure. Because or battle the lies, rather. Um, because there are definitely moments where, you know, um, I remember actually a particular time. You know, there's so many things really that you go through as an athlete. I mean, you can struggle with your teammates, your coaches, um, identity. Um, you know, trying to live this college lifestyle um, that the world may be offering, the culture on a college campus. I mean, there's so many battles that you really um, can can go through. And so it really is important to have people in your life that are speaking truth to you, encouraging mm-hmm. you, walking with you. Um, and also knowing, too, like you're going to fall, but someone's there, right there to pick you back up and walk mm-hmm. with you. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's how it is in sports, you know, um, I can't get better at any aspect of my game if I never work on it and I never fail at it. Sure. Um, and so, uh, yeah, having those people in my life, I think was a reminder of just kind of my purpose. You know, um, when mm. I was in high school, actually, I had a really beautiful encounter with Christ. I was at this, um, this Christian church camp mm-hmm. and I remember, just really understanding God's love for me um, in this particular moment. And all I wanted to do was, was give myself to God. And I remember saying to him, um, Lord, you know, you've given me basketball and it's been number one in my life Hmm. and I don't want it to be anymore. So you can have it, you know, you can, you can have that. I will give it up. Hmm. And, I felt in the very next moment, like God had really taken it away from me and I was okay with it. But then I also knew he had given it back to me and said, no, I want to use you through sports. Just don't keep it first. Hmm. And so I would say that's also been something that's always been in my heart and mind is knowing like sports is not number one. God is. Hmm. And I was always trying to figure out ways, whether it was high school, college or professional, how do I model what it means to be a Christian um, through my sport? You know, how can I live out my faith? And so if that meant um, the way it, it, well, it meant this all the time, how I treated my teammates, how I treated my coaches, how I treated a, my opponents. You know, I wanted God to be glorified through me, through mm. the way that I played, through the conversations that I had. Now, don't get me wrong, I am not perfect and was not perfect. And so I <laughs> fail a lot. But then you also learn how to, one, ask for forgiveness and, and then um, to forgive yourself and forgive others because that's also such a beautiful Christian, you know, um, yeah, teaching. And so, um, so, yeah, I would say, too, 
things always came back to that, you know, like who am I trying to glorify right mm. now? Is it myself or is it Christ? Um, so, yeah, you, you referenced kind of, you know, these people, coaches, your friend reminded you of what truth was. Um, what is truth? Like what, what were the things that they would say to you? Um, or what are the things that you think athletes out there need to hear? Like, what is, what did you mean by truth? Well, um, I think at the end of my playing career, uh, towards the end, I realized that basketball was just a gift to me. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I would reflect a lot on the, the greatest commandments, love God and love others. And I realized that if I wasn't doing that, which was his greatest commandments on earth, was to love him and love people. If I wasn't doing that through my sport, then I got it wrong. It didn't matter what we won or what I got recognized for. Like That was the ultimate goal, was to continue to fall in love with God to continue to discover who is he and who am I, you know, and then to help others, you know, to walk with them or to reveal who he is to them. And sometimes that's just all the time. That's just through relationship. But sometimes that is through, you know, just the way that you interact, the way that you live out virtue, the way that you, um, yeah, the things that you watch, the things you listen to, the things that you talk about, um, because that, that is love in action, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that, uh, yeah, that's, those are the two things that I think that hit me at the, the end of my career was how am I loving God and how am I loving people? And this is a gift for me, one, to enjoy, but two, mm-hmm. to glorify God and mm-hmm. to witness to people. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've often found like the gifts in our lives, whether it be sport or a job or another person, like, yeah, they are for our enjoyment, but they're also our avenue, you know, sometimes to, mm-hmm. or most of the time to share our faith, you know, um, whatever setting God has us in, it's first and foremost for our sanctification. And um, yeah, basketball was a gift to you and God gave you your athletic ability and your drive <laughs> and your passion for it from a young age as a gift, you know. Um, but he also, you know, when he gave it back to you after that encounter with him, it was like, okay, here's the gift back, but I want you to like use this, um, to share my love, you know? And because I think because sport is, is so universal, like how else would you have ended up in Slovakia, (laughs) you know, like with an opportunity, um, to, to share your faith with your teammates. And that could have been in, in very blatant ways, you know, Bible study or praying with people. But if you're not speaking their language, that could just be in in how you respected um, your teammates and how you loved your teammates. Um, there's so many ways to be Christ to people, and and oftentimes, you know, I found it kind of depends on where they're at. You know, some people, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in college, would be ready and willing to come to mass with me or to pray before games. Um, mm-hmm. But others, like that, they just weren't ready for that. So it was, hey. Um, you know, I just would write them a note before a game or I would compliment them or I would, you know, if they were going out, I'd say, hey, call me for a ride home, even if it's 2 a.m. You know, you just find little ways to show love to people. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it just reminded me of that when you were talking about that avenue, you know. 
yeah, I mean, just those little acts of love really do, um, yeah, people respond in love. You know, that's one thing that um, can really soften up hearts is, is real uh, pure love, you know, where it's like, I'm not doing this because I want something from you. I mean, every person knows what it feels like to be used. Yeah. You know, like whether you're in school and you're trying to do a test and someone wants to cheat off you, you don't like that. You feel like they're taking something from you. And so when you, when you actually love someone, not because you're going to get something from them, but from their, for their own good, um, people recognize that and it's moving them, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think for me, when I was in Europe, so in college, I was always trying to convert this teammate of mine um, (laughs) to, to like be a non-denominational Christian. I was like, you're Catholic. I don't think you're a Christian. And so I would, I would question her. I would question her Catholic faith. What is the rosary? You know, uh, what is a sacrament? I didn't really understand that term. You know, what is mass? What is the Eucharist? Ultimately I was trying to ask her what, why are you Catholic? Mm -hmm. And this was our journey in college. But the reason why we were able to even go there is because we really did have a, a, a true and authentic friendship, you know, and so we challenged each other, even in faith. Mm. And so she was naturally virtuous. She went to mass every Sunday, but she went to high, um, Catholic school, you know, from grade school all the way up. And so for her to not be able to answer those questions, um, I think, you know, later she, she was really, you know, kind of upset just with her Catholic school education and thinking, sure. man, I can't even defend, I can't defend my faith to this girl. And so, but it was the beauty of playing sports together, that kind of, um, and share and sharing faith. Like she would go to a Bible study with me, um, on campus. We had a sports Bible study, so she would go to that. Um, and again, just her natural virtue, uh, was just, shining for everyone to see um but when we went overseas um things shifted it was almost like the playing field shifted she got to a place in her life where she said you know what i want to know if if the faith that i've been raising is actually true Hmm. and so um she said a prayer god help me know if this is true because if it's not i'm going to walk away from it and the next thing i know i see her researching her faith you know reading the catechism reading scripture going to catholicanswers.com and really discovering her Catholic faith. And on, on my side, I saw, wow, she feel, it looks like she has found a treasure, hmm. some different type of joy and love that I haven't really seen in her yet. And it was because she had discovered the beauty of her faith. Hmm. And again, it was really hard because we, we conflicted with each other and beliefs and, but it was really, we had been teammates for so long and friends that I knew she cared about my good and I cared about her. Mm. And so, um, yeah, long story short, while I was over there, I, um, I had a reversion back to my Catholic faith through my friendship with her. Mm. You know, she started bringing me to mass. We started, um, we started looking at the misconceptions that I had about the church and she just walked with me. And, and wrestled some of those beliefs with me. And, um, and it brought me back to the, the church after 15 years of being away, you know? Um, and so again, sports was a gift to me, but God gave me all these beautiful friendships and relationships in my life 
through that gift too. Mm. And it ultimately God used basketball to bring me back to, um, back to the church. Mm. That's beautiful. When you were talking about, um, we all know what it's like to be used. Um, I had somebody ask me this recently. They asked me, um, well, what's the opposite of love? And a lot of people answer hate. Hate. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But really, mm-hmm. like, the, he, what his argument was is the opposite of love is use. And mm-hmm. if, if, if true love, and you said this a couple times, like, true love is, is willingly good of the other. You know, it's a choice. Yes, there's a feeling involved, but not always, right? Not when you and your friend mm-hmm. are um, having a difficult conversation about your faith or or about anything, you know, like you're being challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because of, of basketball, when you suffer with somebody, you know, like you just, you gain cred, credibility. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you just have this ability to, when you, when you've been through an experience with them and I think within sport, particularly when you suffer with somebody, suffer alongside somebody, it just creates this beautiful bond, um, a vulnerability where, you know, you can talk to them about things, you know, they kind of become family and it's just beautiful that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you, you and Christina, it's like, you didn't want, you didn't desire to use each other. You didn't desire, you know, just to, have an agenda just to convert the other for the sake of like, well, I converted so-and-so it was a, it was an authentic, you (laughs) desired the good of the other. Like you wanted her to believe truth and, and to know her faith. And it sounds like the reverse was true. Um, and you had the ability then to enter into these, these hard conversations, these challenging conversations, um, and, and challenge each other to become better. Uh, which I think is, yeah, that's love. That's a beautiful, authentic love um, that I think is rare. Um, but I think it's something that that we all all desire, obviously, and are all mm-hmm. worthy of, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if you found this too, but I found this in, in my own life. Like that type of love startles people. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, like sometimes they can question you. You know, they like, well, why are you loving me like that? Or why are you doing this for me? Or why are, you know, it's uh, our culture is is such one of use. And I think athletes in particular are used to being used or viewed um, just for their performance or whatever, like we talked earlier, that um, I don't know if you found this too, but it can be hard when you're trying to love somebody authentically and um, either they're not in a place to receive it or uh, they question the authenticity of your love. I think a Christ-like love is... Yeah, is startling in this day and age. I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I was just as you were talking, I was thinking about um, yeah uh, the difference between being loved and, and being used. And um, you know, I talked to you a little bit about uh, or shared just how basketball was a gift to me and these relationships in my life. Like that's what they became. They were gifts and. Uh, when I think about um, loving someone who who's rejecting your love, you know, loving someone who um, can't understand, like you said, it's kind of, it's startling uh, that someone cares for them without expecting anything in return. Um, that's not the world we live in. Mm-hmm. You know, we do live in a world of use and, and people take advantage of others. Um, people don't see that each person is actually a gift, you know, um, and so I think one thing that's helpful 
um, and it was for me. So, um, so one, I, after sports, uh, there was another struggle that came. So there's struggles all throughout and they're different. You know, we talked a little about injuries. You can go through that, um, identity, um, there can be body image. There are lots of things that you really do go through. And I think a lot of female athletes go through. I don't think some are removed from it. Um, and then, yeah, then you have relationships with your teammates and, and, or just, you know, um, other people that aren't maybe aren't on your team, but how do I love them? How do I show Christ to them? And, um, I think through it all, what I'm kind of reminded of is, um, like, what is a gift, Hmm. you know, like, and do I see myself as a gift? Hmm. And when I'm trying to love someone, I can realize like, they don't see that they are a gift. So my prayer changes. Lord, help them receive the gift of themselves. Mm. And um, I think that's something that even years after I was done playing, that's what I started praying with. Like, man, I'm kind of struggling in my, my identity and my body image now. You know, God, help me receive myself as a gift. Like, and like a scripture passage that's really beautiful to kind of pray with in one I've been actually praying with recently is John 17. Um, it's actually verse 24 and Christ is kind of having his like high priestly prayer. And he says to the father, they are your gift to me. Hmm. And just thinking about like, I am a gift to Christ, you know, so I am a gift. And, um, the things that he gives me are gifts for me, particular, like his particular love. And when I encounter people, I have to reveal to them, that they are good and that they are a gift because I think that is more pure, uh, a way of, to see another person. Hmm. And yes, people might reject that, you know, it's hard to receive, you know, I think, um, yeah, just in what fierce means, you know, the R is receptivity, like being able to receive myself, but receive others. Like that is what true femininity is. Hmm. And so, I think that, um, yeah, it's hard when other people don't receive, but I know it's also hard when I don't receive and I don't receive all the time. <laughs> I, I, discover, <laughs> I discover more ways that I don't receive myself even or mm. others. Um, so it's definitely not something I think that you just, you, you conquer and then that's it. I think that there, you, your life goes in phases and you begin to encounter new things, new um, challenges, new, um, yeah, sometimes valleys you know, or hills and, um, but it's all about trying to kind of mold you to be, um, more receptive to Christ and, and, well. Yeah. And what he says about us, you know, like, yeah, the God of the universe, you know, Jesus Christ becomes man and looks around and, you know, he had to become man because we mess things up and he looks around at us broken humans and just (laughs) just the magnitude of like him saying you are a gift to me like that just kind of rattles you to your core because then I mean what do I do it's like I could stand before him I just think about okay if I were standing before the Lord and he just said that to me right Mm -hmm. like I would just rattle off all of the ways and all of the reasons and all of my weaknesses, all the reasons I'm not a gift. Well, but Lord, I'm a sinner and Lord, I did this and I still do this and I look like this. And I think we do that. Um, but I love, yeah, I love how you were praying with, and I'll put this in the show notes that John 17, 24, like letting that, 
the power of that scripture wash over you. And, and something I like to do is I like to go before the Lord and just ask him, Lord, show me how you see me. Um, and that kind of, you know, it kind of, yeah, it's healing because anything the Lord says to us is going to be words of love, you know, and, and love sometimes Mm -hmm. is right. A gentle correction here and there. But if you ask him like how Lord, show me how you see me, he's going to start telling you about the ways he loves you and what he loves about you because we all are unique um Mm -hmm. and and created by him like it says it in scripture like he knew us he formed us in the womb you know it's like um and so that yeah that prayer has been very healing and 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 like you said it's something that I have to do repeatedly (laughs) you know and I forget it's like wait wait Lord I thought we already like established yes I'm your beloved daughter okay I'm good you know but then something happens or I forget or I get frustrated and I forget that. And so it's like, I, you know, go back to him and, but, but he never t- tires of reassuring us or telling us he loves us. Um, Thank God. <laughs> seriously. Right. Seriously. Definitely. <laughs> okay. So Jen, we've, we've been just so beautifully just reflecting on um, what love is and, and this idea that, you know, we are a gift basketball's a gift, you're a gift, I'm a gift, others are gifts to us and and how we treat them. But um, like I said, it's it's hard sometimes to receive ourselves as a gift. Um, You know, that's why I go before the Lord and say, you know, show me, show me how you see me. But um, do you just have any, yeah, experiences with areas that were hard or or things that were hard or ways that were hard for you to see yourself as a gift and um, maybe ways that our, our listeners would be struggling with and, and, what did you do or kind of how did you um, come out of that? Yeah, I I think where I saw uh, my biggest kind of, I mean, there's my biggest struggle with seeing myself as a gift was probably after I was playing. Okay. So when I was done, um, I had taken a job uh, with Focus to be a missionary and to work with female athletes uh, just like you and um, I was in Lincoln, Nebraska. And when I was done playing, I went from physical activity of eight hours a day, uh, two a days, lifting, running, everything, to barely working out as much as I did for sure. And, you know, staying up late with college students. And, you know, we eat lots of chips and salsa. <laughs> and I, I, I realized, I was like, whoa. Um, I could tell, you know, athletes are super like hyper aware of their bodies because yeah. we have to be, um, we, we fuel our bodies. Um, performance does matter in terms of, I don't want to be exhausted in my two and a half hour practice. So I need to eat the right food so that I can endure, you know? And, um, so I think my, I, one of my biggest struggles I saw was the way that I viewed my body, you know, um, in its goodness. So, you know, what I thought was appropriate working out and appropriate eating, I was almost like relearning healthy ways to, to work out and eat, not to be on extremes, not to say, oh my gosh, like I, you know, shame myself. I would say that's probably the biggest thing is not to shame who I am, you know, and, um, in my, whether that's, I'm working out, I'm, I'm working out harder and longer because I felt like I, I shouldn't have eat, ate something earlier, or I'm not going to eat as much now because I ate a lot 
yesterday or whatever it was. And those things I felt like were really attacking me. Mm. And, um, but it was really beautiful because as I worked with a lot of women on campus, um, it was in through, through that ministry and through prayer that it was good that that was bubbling up. It was good. It was because then I was able to know myself, wow, this is in my heart or this is in my mind and I'm struggling with this. And so, um, so I think two things kind of helped me work through that a little bit. And one was working with athletes on campus and, and telling them, Hey, you are more than your body. You are body and soul. Mm. You know, uh, when I was working with gymnasts, all of them are level 10 gymnasts. They were amazing. Um, and I would make the comparison like, well, what level are you on spiritually? You know, are you mm. a level 10 gymnast, but a level two in your faith? Like you never talk with Christ. Don't make time for prayer, um, confession and the sacraments. Um, and so in saying that I had to reflect on my, reflect back on myself and say, okay, how much time was I putting in my sport and how much time am I putting in my faith? How much time am I spending with Christ and letting him shape my heart? not what I'm physically doing or eating, you know, like that shouldn't shape my heart. And so I remember really struggling with it sometimes comparing myself, my body to what my body was. Mm. And, and so I remember sitting in a chapel and I would just pray in front of the crucifix and I would contemplate Christ on the cross, you know, and look at his body. And I would think about, wow, his, I would look at his body and say, that's, he has a beautiful body. Like, look what he did for me, you know? And it was in those moments where I was able to just have, be okay with struggling. He was able to kind of reveal um, the areas where I wasn't loving myself. And he started to definitely a process. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he started to reveal my goodness to me mm-hmm. and um, and love me in those areas. I think you referred to earlier that I wasn't loving in myself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think we've. <laughs> I don't believe it's such a thing as a former athlete, right? We still work out. We're always athletic, <laughs> but our body, you're right. Our bodies change um, when we're not, you know, putting in as many hours and especially you as a professional, like that was your job and, you know, your job was to be in peak shape and um, so you could play your sport. Um, but yeah, your your life circumstances are different now. So there's naturally going to be changes. Um, but something that I I come back to and I, and I speak about a lot is if you think about creation, everything that God created, whether it was the ocean, the stars, the Himalayas, you know, think about the most beautiful (laughs) things you think, the flowers, uh, the Northern lights. Like I think about the earth's marvels, all those things after God created them in scripture, it says, he says that they're good. And the only thing that he diff, that he says is very good is humans, the human body. So that means that the human body is more beautiful than the Himalayas, than the ocean, than flowers. And I, yeah, I just marvel at that. Like, because we're made in his image and likeness, like our bodies are beautiful. And 
I mean, do I always live that out perfectly? No, I'm constantly critiquing my body. Like that's, as women, that's like the number one thing. Like we, it's a body image thing. We want to be beautiful and we compare ourselves to others or to what we used to be, which I think as athletes is hard. Um, but again, you know, in your, in your exercise and in your prayer of, of coming before the Lord and looking at the beauty of his body and letting him review the beauty of your own body, um, we can come to view our bodies as a gift as well. Uh, but then also, yeah, remember that we are not just body, we are body and soul. Um, but again, I think also on the other end, some people negate the body and say, well, I'm just a soul, like my body's bad. It's like, <laughs> no, no, like your mm-hmm. body is really good. And that's the reason we have to find balance and care for it. But we also don't have to get stuck in the extremes of, um, yeah, you know, that mindset of, well, you know, I didn't work out today, so I shouldn't eat that or you know, things like that. Like that's an unhealthy kind of approach to, to, to nourishment, yeah. to, to balance and things like that. Yeah. I think it's listening to lies and living your life out of fear, mm. you know, fear of so many fears. I mean, maybe it's a fear of what other people will say, what they'll think. I think a lot of times it may just be your own fears that you have that have been rooted throughout your life. Maybe they're even deeper. You first, you know, started something. Maybe it was when you first started playing sports. And and so I think, um, yeah, there's such a difference in living my life out of fear versus living my life out of love. Mm. Um, and, the, and, and that, ref- yeah, that just changes everything. It's a game changer. Yeah. And <laughs> um, the way that you care for yourself and you reverence your own mm. heart, your body, your soul. And then you, you're you able to see others as a gift, too. Um, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> I, like, want to talk about that for the next hour, but <laughs> I, there's so much there. There's so much in regards I to the body, know. but maybe we've, we've given our listeners enough of a, of a morsel. You know, we, we've hit them with a lot, Jen. <laughs> I mean, we've hit them with. I think so. Um, can we can we talk about Wonder Woman next time? Yeah. <laughs> I think our listeners would love that. We're gonna have Jen back for a special. Actually, let's do it. We'll have you back for a special uh, episode uh, about Wonder Woman and how I think we both agree that she models <laughs> femininity in just such a beautiful way. So I love Definitely. that. We can have that as like a, a special topic one. Um, <laughs> But I, yeah, I think we've we've probably given our listeners a lot, a lot to pray about and a lot to think about. And um, I think you know, in, in summary, it's ultimately there's just been this theme in our conversation, Jen, of gifted, of giftedness, of of um, you know the gift of basketball in your life and how that ultimately um, was an avenue for encountering Christ and um, sharing Him the gift of the people in your life that you met through basketball, whether that be your coaches or your, your dear friend. Um, and then that also kind of led you to, to realize that you are a gift. Your body's a gift. Your talent is a gift. Um, and that those around you following that commandment, like love God, God's a gift and love those around you. Um, other people are gifts. And when we, when we put on that lens and we live our life in that way, that ultimately is following um, what Christ said and that, you know, John seventeen twenty four is like, you know, we, we are a gift to Christ and we're a gift to the world. So 
to our listeners, you are a gift. Um, just sit with that today. Live from that freedom and that truth. Um, yeah, it's just so good. So good. I love it. I love it. Well, Jen, we always end our podcast with a physical and a spiritual challenge. Um, something for people to um, to do going forth. And the physical challenge is, you know, they, it's it could be some sort of offering. It could be some something they do while they work out. It could be um, physically having to do something. And then the spiritual, because we're body and soul, is more of a, a spiritual kind of prayer challenge. But do you have any ideas of what you'd want to offer our listeners to do as a challenge? Sure. Yeah. I think um, one thing for a spiritual challenge would be um, take some time and look at a crucifix Mm. where you see the corpus, you see Christ on the cross and um, just spend time um, thinking about Christ and the gift of, of his body and ask him, Lord, help me receive the gift of myself. Please grow my capacity to love myself. Mm-hmm. And if it for you is something where you have a struggle with loving others in your life, you know, maybe that prayer is, Lord, grow my capacity to love others. And so that would be my spiritual challenge. Um, my physical challenge would be um, do something that is hard for you and try to find joy in it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, sometimes we do things out of fear, like we were talking about and not out of love. And so maybe it's a workout. Uh, maybe it's a conversation with someone. Maybe it's something that you, you're eating, you know, and you don't want to eat it because you're afraid that it's going to do something. Um, I would practice trying to find joy in the very thing that you find fear in. Mm. Um, I think it will build a habit in you to um, be grateful and see good in, in, in all things. Mm. So those would be my challenges. I love those challenges. Wow. I was um, listening to a talk the other day and um, the woman was saying that oftentimes people are, are afraid of joy because um, when you're living joyfully, we default to um, this fear of losing it this fear of losing joy and that's almost more painful. So we just shut ourselves off to joy, but I love your challenge. Like enjoy a cupcake guys, you know, don't have, don't have 15, right. It's moderation, but, um, but we strip ourselves of joy, I think. And so doing something that, yeah, might be hard or we might not want to do, um, will lead to joy. And if that, maybe that is a hard conversation, but if that's going to lead to, a relationship being mended or deeper freedom in our hearts. That's joy too. So, um, I love that Jen. Good call. Wow. (laughs) I'm going to practice it this week too. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Cool. Well, Jen, thank you so much for just being with us. Um, it has been such a gift and, um, just a joy to, to talk about some of these awesome themes. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, we'll have to have you back and you and I can have a conversation about Wonder Woman um, yes. at some point before the <laughs> next one comes out, which I think isn't for like another year. So um, we'll, oh, have, yeah. we'll have you on and then uh, we'll do a maybe we'll do a follow up when the new one comes out, too. And we can do a Wonder Woman challenge. I mean, the the 
we can just do so much with that. We can. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, guys, there are like crazy deep spiritual truths from Wonder Woman. So we'll keep you on the edge of your seat, <laughs> seat with that one. And uh, with that, uh, we'll wrap up here. Guys, thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or post a comment on our blog on our website. We would love to hear your thoughts. And we'd also would love to hear what, what you want to hear more about. If you want that Wonder Woman podcast, you know, let us know. Uh, but if there's anything else that you, you want to know more about or you have questions about, um, let us know. But in the meantime, we will be praying for you. We will be joining you in this physical and spiritual challenge. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Play fierce. Pray fierce. Live fierce.